The Denver Broncos are dialing in on their brand new defensive coordinator and a potential special teams coordinator. Not to mention, ladies and gentlemen, we answer Broncos country's mailbag questions. Some really good ones. Will the offense lead to growing pains for Broncos players this season? Obviously, a new install. We talk about that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Ladies and gentlemen, you can get Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format. You can watch us here on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content coverage. Plus, thank you, Broncos country once again for making lockdown broncos your first listen of the day every single day sarah my friend hey it is the week of the super bowl as we're recording this i'm getting ready to travel out i'm actually already in la by the time this actually drops my friend but you know obviously going through and answering some mailbag questions the broncos they are moving one step closer towards getting their defensive coordinator and a potential special teams guy so uh, you know a lot to break down in today's episode of the show I'm excited about it. I'm excited that you're hey hey Cody from the past, hey Cody from the future, whichever one is listening to this right now. Uh, no, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped for the Super Bowl week. I'm pumped to start talking about this. We can start finally moving forward. Like this is the last piece of you know I don't want to say rubble because it's the Super Bowl, but it's the last thing preventing us from just full on off season mode, right? And you know how much I love the off season, Cody. It's near and dear to my heart, and so I'm really I'm hoping. That during Super Bowl week or shortly after, we get some serious quarterback fireworks, man. I don't, and not necessarily just with the Broncos, but it seems like all across the league, there's there's some dominoes to start falling. So I'm ready. Let's bring it on. I'm with it as well. And the Broncos are dialing in on Ejiro Evero as their next defensive coordinator. Obviously, that move cannot be made official until after the Super Bowl when he is done coaching. We do know that the Rams offense coordinator in Kevin O'Connell is going to be the Minnesota Vikings' new head coach. Unfortunately, nothing can be announced just yet here for the Denver Broncos. Obviously, Evero is the DB's coach, and he's also the passing game coordinator for the defensive side of the ball for them. So I think that's always one thing to look at is what type of value does it bring? Well, who would know better than the value that Evero would bring from a statistic schematic standpoint than Aqib Tlaib. Now, he, he had an interview with Brandon Cristal, our good friend over there at KOA, and he said here, and I quote, he's been around a long time. In Tampa, he was quality control. He was with Raheem. He's smart as hell. He was way more involved in our passing game defense in LA. That was with he and Marcus Peters and Wade Phillips defense, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. He's a classroom guy, and with all the coaches really scheming, S-H-I-T, he said there. Grant's hard, been around some great, you know, some great coaches like Raheem Morris, Monte Kiffin, John Gruden, Sean McVay, he said, ah, I forgot about Fangio in San Francisco. It's all about time he puts all that together and that he's learned into his own defense. I'm really happy for him. So all signs appear to Vero being the next Broncos defensive coordinator, which I think right now, what did one thing Nathaniel Hackett said in his presser about the defense? He says, you know, I, I want our defense to be something that makes it difficult for me as an offensive coordinator. He said, if I know what you're doing pre-snap, if I already know that you're already aligning your defense, it makes it easy for me as an OC to be able to change things up. So a lot of disguise. Well, guess what? That means that probably the two high safety looks there it's probably here to stay i love it i absolutely love it and i can't wait to see 
you know, how this transition and everything happens. We know, we mentioned this before too, Nathaniel Hackett and Ejiro Evero, they were teammates back at UC Davis. They're good friends. They know each other. So again, we come back to this continuity, the rapport, the collaboration. There's a relationship built there, which makes this even more awesome. It, it'll, it'll be cool. Like, remember uh, remember the whole Step Brothers thing, you know, the, the clip of him and the Step Brothers. I mean, now you're going to get the Step Brothers as the head coach in D.C. That's going to be so fun. So I'm excited for it, Cody. I think that keeping some schematic continuity is important to a lot of Broncos fans because there were some, like, we, we even talked about this. Do you necessarily want to get rid of Vic Fangio with how good the defense has been? Well, now you're bringing in somebody who not only has worked for Fangio, but has also worked for Wade Phillips, like you mentioned, Monty Kiffin. I mean, the Raheem Morris, some of the better defensive minds in, in recent years, within the last decade for sure, in the NFL, and and then some, you know, way back. Monty Kiffin, that, that name goes wow. way back. Way back in the day, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from way back when. So I'm excited for it, and I think it's great. Again, fresh blood coming in. And again, like you said, it can't be made official till after the Super Bowl. The Broncos have continued to kind of interview guys and just kind of go through the process and whatnot. But it seems like he's candidate number one. And Sean McVay even acknowledged that he's in line for promotion. Yeah, so hopefully that's with the Denver Broncos, not with the L.A. Rams here. But, you know, even Mike Kliss, our 9 News reporter, uh, had even said that barring a massive hiccup or just a massive shock, Avira will more than likely be the next D.C. for the Denver Broncos here. So, ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye on that. But what about special teams? I mean, we haven't had a lot of conversation since Tom McMahon. I mean, he had an interview with the Las Vegas Raiders. I know Broncos fans are hoping that he goes there. I mean, obviously it never worked out in Denver, but, you know, we do wish Tom McMahon the best in his future endeavors here. But it says here that the Broncos are targeting – Los Angeles Rams assistant special teams coach Dwayne Stooks. And there are other teams that are targeting him as well for a special teams coordinator job. And I think this goes to the biggest question right here, sir. When you look at the Broncos special teams unit, what do they need the most in their new special teams coach? Because we have often heard from players, some of the things that McMahon was coaching in terms of having them change their technique to kind of fit the scheme actually impacted and harmed some player development there. And obviously we go back to the Marquette King situation. Obviously that was unfortunate, never worked out because that dude can absolutely boom it and he should be back in the NFL. But, you know, unfortunately that's another topic for another day here. But in your opinion, what do the Broncos need from their next special teams coach that you feel like really needs to be driven home? Well, I think, you know, Vic Fangio always preached about death by inches. And I felt like the special teams unit was the unit that was constantly dying to death by inches, whether or not they were giving up a big return or there was a penalty uh, on a return or a penalty on a, a punt. Like there, it just didn't seem like the Broncos could get off a special teams play cleanly. Like, and, and that's saying something like we constantly were noticing the special teams for bad reasons. So I feel like discipline Cody is one major thing. The kick coverage units for the Denver Broncos have been absolutely terrible the last four <laughs> years under Tom McMahon. And that's, I mean, we, we would hear him every Friday at his press conference. He would be talking about angles and he would be talking about trajectory plus the angles. And he'd be like, he was it's saying exciting. all the right things. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like, it sounds like, okay, yeah. So you know exactly where to kick the ball and who to send to that spot in order to make a tackle. But, man, it, the, there's nothing worse than the fact that teams were kicking to the Broncos last year as evidence of, like, this team, this, these guys are just incompetent out here. Like, we want to kick the ball to them because we know that it's going to be a play in favor of our team. So I feel like just, just th those two things, kick coverage units, and then obviously the return game. Like, Deontay Spencer filled such a big hole, Cody, for the Denver Broncos, remember how bad they were? Just at returning punts. Yeah. Like, they, like, we would have taken literally anybody who could come in and just catch a punt at the time that, that Deontay Spencer came in. 
But now after three years of catching the punts, we need somebody that can do something in their return game. So I feel like that's something that the Broncos need for sure. No, spot on. I mean, lane integrity, gap integrity, especially when you're flying downfield. I mean, the fact that the Broncos offense also plays a part in this. They have to be better, and, and teams are forcing the the ball. They are kicking it to where the ball would land at the one-yard line and force a returner to come out, and because their coverage unit would get down there and tackle the Broncos, now it would make the Broncos offense have a long field to try to convert, and, and that's always rough. So I agree with you. Better po- field positioning, and, and obviously you need a, an element in the punt and the kick return game here if the Broncos are going to take that next step. Broncos country, though, let us know your thoughts about what the Broncos need next with their special teams coordinator. What improvements you would like to see. We're going to get into a conversation though, with our Broncos country mailbag. A couple of really good questions that have been sent in by some listeners of the show. We're going to answer coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar, the, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, the healthiest protein bar that is out there on the market today. If you need a little bit of extra fuel, Built Bar is perfect for you. The bars, they contain 100% milk chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew, not to mention they have a wide variety of amazing flavors, nine of original flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor that comes out on a monthly basis at Built.com. As I mentioned, if you need a little bit extra fuel to get through your day, the bars contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fantastic value for something that's covered in 100% milk chocolate. And you can go to Built.com right now today, and you can go to checkout. Once you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at build.com. All right, sir, continue on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. You're getting into our Broncos country mailbag here. Super Bowl week, obviously a slow news cycle for the Denver Broncos, but there's always a lot of interesting angles that we can hit on. And ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of a preview of what you can expect on Lockdown Broncos this week, both Sarah Benninger and myself. We're going to begin looking at some of our free agency previews position by position for the Broncos in-house free agents on those positions and maybe inquiring about which players from other teams that are going to be free agents that maybe the Broncos should pick up the phone and say, hey, let's get involved with this. We'll talk about that this week here on Locked On Broncos. But, you know, one of the questions we got came in from new type underscore JK47. I think it's a great one. And he asked the question, will the new offense of the Broncos are going to be installing under Nathaniel Hackett? Do you foresee there being any growing pains for the Broncos players? And specifically, is there a learning curve there for quarterbacks? And Sarah, you know, I, I think I think being very open here right now, you know, you can maybe get the playbooks, but you can't have any in-person meetings, obviously, with your players. You can't do anything like that. You might be able to do some online stuff. I, I don't know necessarily how it works right there. Part of me is believing that once free agency, once the NFL draft happens, players actually get the new playbook probably on that mini camp that they have there. Uh, you know, I, I think it's in May, like the third or third week of May towards the end of May right before you have everything, before you have the time off, and then you come back for training camp in July. I think that's really when things ramp up. But it's going to be a learning curve, I think, regardless, because, Sarah, even though that the system is kind of similar in terms of, obviously, West Coast offense, it's going to be the new West Coast offense, not the old-school West Coast offense. There's going to be a lot of terminology changes, landmarks, and, and obviously when you have new brand-new coaches, Sarah, especially position coaches, we don't know what position coaches are going to change just yet. Outside, of, we know that Butch Berry's going to be the O-line coach. We have new quarterbacks coach here. For the Broncos, outside of that, we don't know if Azani's going to be back. We don't know if Wade Harmon's going to be back, the tight ends coach. But how those guys will have to coach or whoever the new coaches will, they have to get that acclimation, that relationship building with the players. So I imagine there's going to be a learning curve. 
I think there will be too. I just, you have to expect that anytime a new coaching staff is coming in, like you said, new position coaches, new everything, new expectations, just a different style of management. Everything is going to be different, but I do feel like Cody schematically, I mean, these guys are, these guys are football players. This is what they've done their entire life. And you know, as well as anybody, if somebody's like, Hey, I need you to go do this, 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 and this, and learn this playbook, you're going to go out and do it because why? Because you're a football player. That's what you do. So these guys are football players and they're going to go. And a lot of these guys were in a similar offense, right? When Rich Scangarello was the OC back in 2019. So for a number of these Broncos players, hopefully this is really just refreshing. And they're like, oh yeah, these are schemes and concepts and such that I'm, I'm familiar with. I can do this. I may even be better at this. And also too, I just feel like this is going to be a situation where like the process towards kind of achieving that, I don't, I don't know necessarily what you want to call it, like seasoning or whatever, just getting really acclimated to this. I feel like it's going to be super helpful for these guys knowing that it's going to be just a better situation for them overall. Like we want to see the playmakers get the ball in their hands. We want to see yeah. things schemed right for these guys. It's really like like with the Pat Shermer quote that you shared a, a number of episodes ago where he's like, I'm the coach, you guys are the players. Like, I just feel like the different the different form of communication here is going to make things way easier for the players to kind of get on board with. And it sounds like Nathaniel Hackett wants to cultivate that environment, right? And he hasn't even had a chance to really meet with the team and address the whole entire locker room. Like, that's the crazy part. So, like, there's this excitement that he has. Obviously, we saw him FaceTime Justin Simmons and talk about how excited he is to work. I mean, that right there, when you can cultivate one room where everybody's bought in, you look at the Sean McVay's, you look at the Kyle Shanahan's. I mean, even when Emmanuel Sanders got traded from Denver to San Fran, he's like, my coach wears Yeezys. Like, he was super excited about that. But it's just like these little things, right? And going back to the Pat Shermer comments there, that's stuff that we hear at the high school level. Now, Sarah, when I coach, I can tell you this. I've coached with coaches that said that exact same thing to players. And, and as a coach, it kind of conflicts with me because I believe that obviously we can't force anybody, any player to do something they're not actually, they don't have the skill set to do. And we have to build our scheme around what the players are actually good at. So I, I've experienced those things before. So I don't think that's going to be an issue with Nathaniel Hackett's staff. I mean, every vibe, every indication that we get right now is that this is going to be an open effort approach. And that it's going to be open. Like if something's not working, he's going to value that feedback from players versus guys like Vic Fangio or Pat Shermer that weren't open to that. And I think that was really an issue with the previous regime. Now, I do think that the Broncos locker room foundation is there. I think that the team and the players are closer than they've ever been, which is great. So for Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, that makes things a lot easier. Now, I think there's another question too. Could this lead to maybe some offensive issues at the start of the season, slow start, something like that. I, I think anything's possible, Sarah, because as we've seen, like when you have a brand new playbook, you're you're trying to progress through it, right? In training camp, you're going to work on your base stuff, your identity, who you are as an offense, the bread and butter stuff. And then gradually you start adding in different concepts, different plays that you can use to attack other teams. Or like you could jump ahead, like maybe 25 pages in a playbook based on who you're playing. If they run a 3-4 scheme versus a 4-3, I mean, this is how coaches think in the National Football League. They try to figure out, okay, what can we install that's going to better suit our offense? And obviously, as you mentioned, what can we do to install things that are going to suit the talent of the players, the playmakers that we have there? I think that's super important. And Sarah, I, I think that the Broncos, I think they're going to be okay. I do want to encourage Broncos country, even in preseason, let's not overreact to the offense. Even in like the first couple of weeks, let's let things build up, right? But everything right now, Sarah, we're just talking about like these general these statements here for the Broncos offense. I think so much will be contingent. So much will change upon once the Broncos figure out who is going to be the quarterback in 2022. That right there, I think, will set the tone for everything as to what the Broncos want to do offensively. 
It is going to set the tone. Absolutely. And what you just said reminds me of the fact that back in 2012, you, you signed Peyton Manning in free agency, right? And people who, like me, I was at the game against the Houston Texans early on in the 2012 season. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, we just signed Peyton F. Manning, right? I thought the offense was supposed to be amazing. And the offense nearly got the team off to a 2-4 and four start. They came back in that Chargers game early in the season, remember, Broncos yep. country? So you'd think that, you know, well, things should just be perfect immediately. Well, even if the team gets Aaron Rodgers, these questions and these things that we're talking about right now could still exist. Like just the fact that you bring in an MVP quarterback and his coaching staff or, or a number of his coaches that he previously had doesn't necessarily mean you're going to start off the season scoring 50 points a game. <laughs> it takes anybody time to gain chemistry. It takes anybody time to really get, you know, get on the same page with everyone. And especially in football where the rules are so restrictive in terms of the players being able to go out and install things and practice and do all that kind of stuff. So like, yes, we should expect some hiccups at the beginning of the year and we should be, pleasantly you know surprised and maybe not surprised but maybe just pleasantly like you know we'll take it if they're scoring 40 50 points a game right at the beginning of the season because even the 2012 Peyton Manning Broncos nearly got off to that two and four start with some really bad offensive performances but then then they ripped off that big winning streak so I feel like once it clicks it's gonna click I'm so glad you brought up the Peyton Manning's first season in Denver. Like it was an adjustment period. Like Denver, they were trying to figure it out. And, and there's this learning curve that's going to come with it. Now, maybe, maybe it accelerates based on the fact that you're, you're bringing a lot of the same guys back, right? And, and there could be some changes. I mean, I think we expect several changes to happen with the Broncos offense this season. But for the most part, you have a lot of your core players back. So that does help maybe with the learning curve that does present itself. So that's a great question from our good friend, New Type underscore JK47. Coming up here in just a moment, Broncos Country, we got another great question question from another listener of the show adam graves who asked the question what would you do at quarterback if you were in control of the denver broncos we're going to share our thoughts post some back and forth weigh the pros and cons coming up here in just a moment but before we do that let me tell you about the gut upset app the sponsor of today's episode lockdown broncos ladies and gentlemen listeners of lockdown broncos they're earning cash back for every gallon of gas every single time that they fill up plus additional cash back when they purchase products at a gas station that does support the get upside app just download the free get upside app today in the app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back don't pay full price at the gas pump ever again get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank and some people who drive a lot are making as much to 200 to 300 a year in cash back alone and there is no catch the cash back gets automatically deposited right to your account and you can cash out anytime for free using your bank account paypal or an e-gift card brand like amazon or other brands just download the free get upside app today use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank today that's promo code touchdown all right, Sarah, so as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, building up to the Super Bowl. Just want to say thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, both Sarah Benger and myself, we appreciate you all in Broncos country, your interactions, and for you being able to take time every day to listen or to watch us talk all things Denver Broncos football. And we love interacting with you in the comment section or on social media on Twitter at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Benger. Sarah, continuing on with one of our great mailbag questions that we had gotten in from Adam Graves here. And ladies and gentlemen, we like to do mailbags every week so if you have any broncos questions don't hesitate to send us a question a dm a tweet and we'll look at answering it here on the podcast but adam Graves poses the question he says let's say that russell wilson or aaron Rodgers are out who are you targeting for quarterback and why 
Do you keep Drew Locke in any scenario? And do you call the Falcons about Matt Ryan? So let's kind of focus on this one one bit at a time. Let's say Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are out. Sarah, who are you targeting at quarterback and why? Are you targeting anybody in free agency? Are you looking NFL draft? Or are you looking at the roster as is? You know, I would be really, really tempted to go the NFL draft route if that's the if that's the case. You know, if you strike out on the big veteran names, I know some people like everybody in Broncos country right now appears to be like dead set on either Rodgers or Wilson. And then after that, it's kind of like, well, some people like Kirk Cousins. Some people hate that idea. Some people like the idea of Matt Ryan. Some people hate that idea. Some people, uh, maybe not many, but some people like the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo. I personally could see that being one of the one of the options. Uh, unfortunately, for many of you listening, I think that that's definitely something that's on the table. We know Jimmy G is going to have a say in where he goes next, <laughs> and you know we'll see. At the domino, the other dominoes have to fall first. Let's just put it that way. But uh, to me, Cody, I would absolutely be open to the idea of somebody like Kirk Cousins. You know, for a couple of years. I would. I, I don't necessarily know that I would choose him over the NFL draft route, but probably at this point because I think my heart is so set on a top-tier veteran. Nobody knows at this point what the future is going to hold for Deshaun Watson, so obviously he's not really being discussed in many of these. In many of these, you know, when this gets brought up, right? So yeah. we have no idea what's going to happen with him in terms of football future, but obviously he could potentially be a factor depending on what happens in his legal situation. So, But I think for the Denver Broncos right now, I would absolutely be okay with Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Carson Strong in the NFL draft. I think that them you know, paired with Drew Locke would be a, absolutely a reasonable you know, going forward. With this coaching staff that's now in place, you feel way more comfortable with a young group at quarterback than you did a season ago. Well, I think with Kirk Cousins, too, I think that he's actually going to be put into a place with uh, Kevin O'Connell as their head coach where it's actually going to benefit him. He might have one of the best years of his career, and obviously he had a, a really great year, the best one of the best years of his career under Clint Kubiak, the new Broncos passing game coordinator and quarterback coach. Ironically enough, it's really cool to kind of look at that angle. But, Sarah, like if the Broncos do miss out on a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, you know, for me, I, I don't necessarily know if I'd look at any of these veteran guys there. I mean, I think the, the, the ploy for Jimmy G, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo, but if the Broncos Broncos made that move. It would make sense from the standpoint they're going to run an offense he's very familiar with. That would be the only reason, in my opinion, that the Broncos maybe do that. However, I am completely not on board with Jimmy G. I think we've seen that experiment play out in San Fran. Obviously, they're moving on from him. Uh, but, you know, I think for me, I would go with the NFL draft route, and I would keep Drew Locke on the roster. I mean, Drew Locke obviously still under contract, had a pretty solid finish to the year. Let him work with these guys, and let's see how he can develop with Clint Kubiak. But even more importantly, if you do go out there and you get a guy, let's say you get a Malik Willis, who right now is actually getting a lot of rave at the Senior Bowl. Benjamin Allred, our good friend, had posted some of the armed stuff, like the arm, the, uh, the distance it travels, the speed, the velocity, and just how big it is. He apparently has a bigger arm right now than Carson Strong, and he comes in at 222 pounds, dual threat. I, I'm kind of getting on the Malik Willis board. I know the hype is a little too early here, sir, but you know I'm excited for that. From the standpoint that maybe the Broncos draft him, give him a year to sit, and then kind of have him take over, kind of similar to what San Francisco has been doing with Trey Lance. I would absolutely be on board for that 110%. That would be my thing. Now, in, in regards to Matt Ryan, no. Don't want Matt Ryan anywhere near the Broncos. Not to mention, it doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint. And it wouldn't address any of the issues here that the Denver Broncos have. Now, I've seen that there have been several of these fake reports that have been put out there about the Broncos interested in Teddy Bridgewater resigning. To my knowledge, sir, that is not the case. I don't believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in any part of the plans of what this next regime wants to do. So, best of luck to Teddy. But unfortunately, I don't think it played out for him.
Drew Locke will be on the roster. Brett Rippon more than likely will be the backup guy, will be the practice squad quarterback here once again. I, I imagine he's going to develop really nicely. He's going to be the Kirk Benkert of the, the Broncos practice squad here. So, you know, we're looking forward to that and maybe uh, seeing how yeah. things go. But Broncos country, let us know your thoughts in the comment section down below. If you were in charge, if you were the general manager, if you were George Payton for a day and you had to address quarterback and let's say your options weren't Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, what would you do? That is our question of the day. Let us know in the YouTube comment section down below with your thoughts, your response, and obviously we'll share our thoughts. We'll react. We'll interact with you on Twitter as well at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Benjamin Broncos Country. That will wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos here, free and available everywhere you get your podcast here on YouTube. You can hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the coverage. And once again, Broncos Country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Tomorrow's episode show, Sarah Benjamin and myself, we sit down, we talk about a free agency preview. We take a look at the Broncos running back position. We also take a look at some other running backs that might be available in free agency that maybe the Broncos should have interest in targeting to pair alongside Joe. Monte Williams. If they don't bring back Melvin Gordon, you get that on tomorrow's episode, Locked On Broncos.